Chapter Nineteen of Teddy Bears by Ada Louise Sutton. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Nineteen, Halloween. The twins have come back, and we have found little breeches. He cried joyfully, fairly hopping up and down with excitement, and sure enough, there were the twins having returned that very morning, even as they went in Papa Doctor's big pockets. Disgusted with life in a sphere that gave them such small scope for the exercise of their talents, they had seized upon an opportunity to leave Mrs. Gray's, and right glad they were to be at home again, and in the bosom of a family that received them with frantic rejoicings. Had teddy bears been fond of veal, no doubt an unlimited supply could have been provided, for surely never were returned prodigals received with such acclaim. Sally almost wept for joy while she listened to Peter Pan's voluble explanations. Jimmy Boy had so far improved under Dr. North's treatment that for some time he had gone about on crutches and latterly had been able to take a few steps alone. Dr. North had decided to send him and his mother to the farm for a few weeks, or until the end of Indian summer, where plenty of good food and the pure country air would lend great assistance toward the little fellow's recovery. The cubs had found nothing at all to their liking in the tiny flat, where there was practically nothing to do, nothing to eat, and a continual menace to their life and liberty from Billy the coon cat. Consequently, they had sought and found an opportunity of escape. Opportunity is often easy of access if one only goes about it in the right way, and the twins, after several anxious days, found their occasion for escape. Little breeches had been discovered in the soiled clothes hamper where nobody had thought for a moment of searching and from which he had finally ventured forth, heartily disgusted with his marooned condition. Joy, unconfined, reigned in the nursery, and Sally declared that she had never been so glad over anything in her whole life. Having gloated over the delighted spectacle of the reunited teddy bear family in each other's arms, she quickly ran to find Bob, in order to inform him of the splendid news. Bob was equally pleased over the fortunate turn that affairs had taken. And then the two children, having made ready for the Halloween festivities that were to take place after dinner, sat quietly down and enjoyed afternoon tea, which was presently served by nurse before the crackling fire in the nursery. Afternoon tea was not an habitual function, but was rather a movable feast, served in the nursery whenever especially desired by the little folk. Today it was set out on a delightful little round table drawn close to the fire of cannel coal that snapped and cracked cheerfully, and furnished forth with all the delicious china of wonderful Dutch designs that Mama had brought home on her last trip to London. From such china, she had explained, do the little English children sip the afternoon tea, 
that is with them such an important function. Dearly, Sally loved to drink from the oddly shaped cups, watching anxiously as the warm liquid descended for the gradual appearance of the fanciful little figures that lined the inside as well as the outside with a quaint fresco. It was so delightful to see first the top of the big, stiffly starched white linen headdresses, and then, after a rather meditative swallow, the wide flat linen collar, and then, after a succession of rather hasty swallows, for things were getting too interesting to linger, the funny short blouses, the big white aprons, and balloon-like skirts, and down near the bottom, where it was nearly time to find the whole spoonful of sugar, nicely melted and most delectable by now, the queer, clumsy wooden shoes. Sally wondered how they felt, and if one could really dance in them, as these pictured girls were dancing, holding up their voluminous skirts and showing the stiff white petticoats underneath. There were queer, wooden-looking boys, too, dancing as partners to the girls in high, brimless black hats, very short-waisted blouses, and very full trousers gathered in at the ankle, and the wooden shoes, of course. And such a conglomeration of colors, red, purple, blue, pink, and orange, and under their feet the very greenest of grass, while for a background a thin strip of pale blue river meandered serenely through the picture, and beyond it a hazy purple perspective, the chief features of which appeared to be windmills. An intensely blue sky streaked with primrose completed the picture. Sally considered the whole as the most exquisite bit of coloring she had ever seen. Now she was seated luxuriously, finishing her second relay of tea, having twice enjoyed the unfolding of the fascinating panorama within the cups. Opposite her was Bob, while on either side sat Rags and Roughhouse, who were always honored guests at these impromptu functions, licking their chops over their savory share in the feast. Tim, as a rule, also joined in the festivities, being very fond of crisp biscuit, but this afternoon he had taken himself off for reasons all his own, and as he often made little trips to the park, where he greatly enjoyed roosting on some convenient bough and chatting with Chip, nobody felt any anxiety on the ground of his non-appearance. Presently, when tea was finished and Nurse came to take away the tray, the children hastened downstairs to put the finishing touches to their preparations for the evening's fun. In the kitchen, they found awaiting them a row of big pumpkins, and out of each one Bob had fashioned a jack-o'-lantern with great glaring eyes and a mouth full of grinning teeth. Hideous they were, as the candles were lit and placed inside each one. Every year Sally went through the same ceremony, and every year she felt in duty bound, and as a tribute to Bob's genius, to shriek and cling to cook, as the whole goblin crew stood glaring and blinking, calling forth a chorus of indignant protests from the dogs, who considered that they had borne a great deal 
and indeed quite too much from the teddy bears, without having such monsters added to the family circle. Dinner was a rather unceremonious meal that night, for everyone was anxious to be through with it, and Cook was given scarcely time to dispose of the dishes before a hilarious throng, reinforced by a number of the near neighbors, invaded the kitchen. Lights were extinguished, and for a few moments the lighted jack-o'-lanterns glared and glowered in supreme control. At this, Roughhouse set up such an unearthly wailing, which Nurse declared made her flesh creep, that darkness was made light, and the merry crowd proceeded to enjoy the rousing games for which Halloween is always famous. Diving for apples in a tub of water, and for a key in a pan full of flour, trying to seize in one's teeth a lump of sugar twirling on a string hung from the chandelier, popping chestnuts, and finally, with lights lowered to a mysterious solemnity, watching the gyrations of two uncanny little white figures that danced a weird kind of can-can in the most lifelike manner imaginable, and later proved to be little dolls deftly fashioned by knotting two of Papa Doctor's big handkerchiefs into shape, and manipulated by means of strings tied around their necks, and then thrown over an arm of the chandelier. The entertainment wound up with such good things to eat as are popularly supposed to belong to Halloween, and the Virginia reel, for which purpose the gay party adjoined to the parlor, where Miss Palmer good-naturedly offered to play for the dancing, and finally to the dining-room, where the tempting feast was set forth. It was quite ten o'clock when Sally jumped into bed, a very tired little girl. There had been one drawback to the pleasure of the evening. Tim had not come home, and the child could not help feeling anxious, as he had never before remained away after dark. Sally reproached herself for not having gone out to look for him before dinner. However, she resolved to sleep with one eye open, in order to hear if Tim should make any attempt to get in at the window, and in a few moments was safely in dreamland. End of chapter 19